Hey everybody, today's episode is going to be about running for office, question mark? Stay tuned. Welcome to My Town Hustle, where we take an in-depth look at the people, policies, and processes that make small towns work. Focusing on trends in urbanism and creative economies, My Town Hustle explores the ideas that make our community special. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jared Perry, and today we're going to be chatting about running for office. Uh, if you've ever thought about doing that, we're going to go over a couple of uh, you know different requirements that each position might have. Uh, I am Jared Perry. I got uh, Brett Alfin with me today. Hey, everybody. And Sam Tootin. What's going on? So I want to dive right in. This is a very long packet of information that was put together. I've got some questions for you guys. So mm. I want to kind of go over, you know, we're going to talk about uh, mayors, county commissioners, city managers, city council members, township clerks, trustees, et cetera. And then, you know, with the general, um, you know, if you are looking to run, you know, what you got to think about campaign wise, which can, cannot do those sort of things. Yeah. So if you want the 30 second version, live where you want to serve and be registered to vote. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's it. All right. We're going to wrap this up. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Folks. <laughs> which is true. But I think this episode is going to be a good one in terms of maybe what our expectations, the three of us are for our elected officials. What I think, you know, you should have knowledgeable Intel or, you know, really have uh, a goal in mind. And I think another one is obviously the real expectations that sure. they're going to have when, yeah, what, when they go in. What other people's expectations of you are true as an elected official? Yeah. Well, let's let's dive right in. Let's 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 talk about being a mayor. What do, what do we got to do here? Well, it obviously, depends on what type of local government you're in in your city. You know, if it's a strong mayor, weak mayor. Um, you know, you could if you're that pretty politician. That's you know. And nice and a little setup where you you are a weaker mayor, where you got a manager who is making a little bit more of your uh, uh, decisions for you, running your departments or your councils a little bit more in charge. You know, you're you're just there smiling. Well, it has nothing to do with whether you go to the gym or not. True. So mm. yeah. calling back to previous episodes, some forms of government have a, a, a system where the mayor is really at the center as the strong mayor. Yeah. And some communities have a, a, a system of government where the city council or their legislative body is a little bit more at the center. So that would be a weak mayor. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with which gym you go to, Jared. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I okay. know they're all running like you. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Obviously, a lot of it goes into it, too, and, and there are past uh, job titles. You know, there's a lot of public servants who, who run for mayor, who work up the ladder um, to just the uh, Joe Blow, just, you know, wants to run for mayor. You have people out there who ran for mayor at the age of 18, you know, in their communities. And uh, our, our last mayor that we had, uh, Mayor Joe Matthews, was, was I believe, in his 80s, you know, and he was the longest tenured mayor uh, yep. the city of mayor has, has ever had. So, you know, they range, too, in terms of age and, and uh, experience. Gotcha. And what defines um, a mayor, I guess? How, how, are there any differences between a city or a village? And no, what their I'm, duties or roles are. Or no, no, I think they're the same. I mean, you're you're going to go through the same processes to obtain that office, and then once you're in there, I think you're going to deal with a lot of the same issues. It's just that you know, obviously, a city being a larger community, they're going to have 
more departments, more resources, more staff, yeah. uh, you know, maybe, you know, different challenges than someone who might be in a, a small village, you know, may have very limited staff, a limited budget. Yeah. Um, Probably and, is doing that job full time. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So some, some mayors are not full time. You know, some mayors also, I, I know many mayors in the Southeastern Ohio that have a real job. They are farmers, they drive a school bus, they do other things, and then they are also the mayor on top of that. Yeah. Um, but in places like Marietta, you know, it's typically a full-time job. You know, you're, you're serving as mayor as a full-time job. I, ha- I have that written down for each one of these, you know, is, is part-time, you know, a possibility for this? And if so, yep. you know, how many hours a week, you know, is somebody looking at committing? I don't know. Here's the first hot take of the morning. There yeah. you go. Hot take. First hot take. And it is early morning. We're doing these morning episodes. Yeah, these boys are on the morning. I yeah. love it. Yeah, we're, love it. We're, getting Jer- or we're getting Brett on board. I'm here for bit. it. It's yeah. okay. I'm here <laughs> for it. So I think a lot of times, and this may not be the best way to consider it, but I think a lot of times the full-time, part-time consideration is determined by the compensation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, uh, you know, some, you know, whether it's mayor or uh city council or village official, they're pretty, they're more like stipends rather than salary, right? You might make five or $6,000 in that scenario. You're going to have a, it's going to be a part-time and you're going to have to have another job to support yourself and your family. Absolutely. Other communities where they're paying, I don't know what a normal salary, I have no idea what a normal salary is, but let's say you're paying, it's paying 30, 40, $50,000 a year. That that's probably a full-time job and and you're going to treat it like a full-time job yeah and so i think that's how it's determined i'm not saying that's the best way but i think that's most commonly how folks are approaching that and i think based on what they are getting their stipend or if it's up in the 30s 40s 50s the public's going to assume that is a full-time job and and require that you provide you know you give your time as as such gotcha okay so do we know what the average salary is you know in the state or even just i guess here locally what for a mayor, I want to say I've seen something like fifty or sixty. I think it's around fifty or sixty. Of course, talking about in the state of Ohio here, um, which is all public information that Brett, you were able to share with us the um, at least online where you could find yeah. it here in the state, um, yeah. which is more than just your the topics here or the positions we're talking about. It's oh, it's all got, city employees. Oh, we were looking, yeah, city employees, firefighters, police officers. Uh, Law directors, everything was in there. The office, the office of the treasurer, uh, for the state of Ohio. And of course, we're talking here today about the state of Ohio, at least in some of these requirements um, for these elected positions. One being the mayor. I think the only, again, like Brett mentioned earlier, the requirement there is you got to be a resident like more than twelve months. Sure. More than one year. Yeah, and it's you know, in quite honestly, you know, shout out to everybody who runs for office because it's hard. I mean, I'm not. We're certainly not here to criticize. I mean, those those jobs are hard. I think a lot of folks, and we might have said this on an earlier episode, and I think it goes for all these positions. I think oftentimes people are motivated to run for office because of one thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really mad about this one issue, or I really want to have my perspective uh, understood on this one issue. And so I'll run for office, and then I'll become elected, and I can, uh, you know, I can serve on that issue. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, it's tough because. I don't think folks running for office sometimes realize that that comes with managing a staff, managing a, a, a public budget, you know, managing public expectations, all those things that go into it. I think yeah. the I'm mad as hell about X issue is kind of on TV or it kind of is in the media or the paper, but really yeah. there's a whole lot of other things that come with it. And I think sometimes folks are caught by surprise 
you know, once they get in there to know, wow, I have to manage all these departments yeah, and this budget and all these public expectations and all these other things. And so it's, it's really, it's a challenging gig at any, any one of these positions that you would run, you would run for. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's keep making our way down the list here. Let's, let's jump over to city manager yeah, and kind of give us a definition of, of what that is. City manager is basically a, the, the liaison, I think really between all departments within a, within a, a structure of a government. Um, they are almost reporting underneath mayors, you know, and the council. Um, they are usually positions that I believe, Brett, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the council will hire. Sure. Well, remember, that goes back to what type of city government do you have? Yeah. Sometimes you'll have a mayor that's elected directly. Other times you will elect members of a council. The council will hire a city manager to yeah. serve as the top uh, uh, um, administrative official in the city. So they're really just like as if they were elected. Their job is to, you know, do all the things you would do, prepare, you know, prepare the annual budget, yeah. you know, manage departments, manage the day to day operations of staff, those kinds of things. So um, not many communities in our region have a city manager. I think we talked about Nelsonville. They yeah. have a city manager. Um, but I think sometimes the term and maybe this is where you're going, Sam, I think sometimes the city manager position gets wrapped up in confusion with what we would call, you know, the safety service director or public yeah. services director in other communities, which is a position that's also in the administrative branch of the government that's doing a lot of the day-to-day -day management of departments, staff, yeah. uh, uh, kind of standard items that maybe the mayor isn't doing. So there, there could be some confusion because there's actual a statutory city manager and then kind of what we're talking about, which is someone who's really working with the mayor yeah. daily to do the day-to-day -day tasks of the community. Yeah. In the state of Ohio, you, like in at least the city of Marietta, you have a, pub, a public safety service director. It's yes. two, technically two titles in the one, but cities could have just a public director and a um, safety director. So that's how that's kind of muddled in together. And uh, again, given, given this uh, more job duties, uh, but back to the actual city managers, you know, I think, should be treated as a professional administrative position. I mean, these uh, people um, that go for these careers that uh, we could go for sure. if, we pref if we would choose to, and I, for a short time, was a part of the International City County uh, Management Association, the ICMA. So, you know, there's code of ethics. It's, a, it's why I, av I advocate for city managers because it is the professional. It's why we went to school. You know, they are just in entrenched in a lot of these things. So when they get into the position – they're also learning about the city and how things are currently being run, sure. but they're able to immediately kind of provide in, input and direction and they're not learning completely from the ground. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it should be treated. We should be treating these positions as professional pos as positions. So, um, and again, we're talking here today about running for office, but there are admin jobs that sure public officials should be advocating for to get the right people you know, on board. Right. So if more are, than just your friend. Gotcha. Gotcha. And like anything, you know, if you're, you know, if Sam was elected mayor of a community, you know, there are positions that Sam would appoint, right. That would be mm -hmm. under your purview to yeah. uh, appoint folks into those positions really a, according to your wishes and desire. So yeah. uh, there's like Sam is saying, there is a professional kind of cadre of folks that come along with it other than just the elected folks that are working at all levels of government 
which are really the important folks that are making the wheels turn. Really, uh, yeah, really. Okay, uh, I'm gonna keep on going down the list here. What about uh, talk to me about county commissioners? Ooh, county commissioners. Well, in the state of Ohio, um, the law stipulates that each county um, will comprise of at least three elected officials who serve a four-year term. So each county in the state of Ohio that has a county commission has three of them, um, which I found to be very interesting. I don't know, Brett, if you have, uh, you know, based on the size of the county, you know, I would and population, I would imagine is three really standard across the board. I yep. think, is it is it always just three yep. or? So yeah, I, I've never seen, I've never seen more than three. I've never seen uh, in Ohio more than three. I know there are other states like, Kentucky and Tennessee, you know, they have county judges and they're like, think about a mayor or county mayors. And it's a single elected yeah. official. That's your highest, highest elected official for a county. So rather than a commissioner, they have a county judge or a county mayor. Mm. And it's just a single, a single executive position as opposed to what Ohio does, which is a board of commissioners, yeah. which is three folks. But yeah, I've always seen three, never, never less. Okay. I think Cuyahoga County, they have, um, they have a different form of county government and they have basically, um, their county commissioners are like, think about city council for the whole county, and they form a larger board. I mm. could be wrong about that, but shout out to my friends in Cleveland that are working up there. I probably messed that up. But <laughs> I know they do something a little different than a lot of other, other counties in Ohio. But yes, Sam, yeah. three is the standard that okay. I've seen. Okay. So one of the things I was looking at when I was reading through this says that uh, they need to meet, this board needs to meet at least 50 times a year, mm -hmm. 50 regular meetings. So immediately got me thinking, is this a part-time or full-time position? I, the salaries would indicate that it is a quote-unquote full-time position, yep. yeah. but the requirements do not appear as if it has to be. It, I don't think it probably has to be. Um, I'd say you probably have a lot of counties that treat it not like it's a full-time job. Um, My experience is I've seen it. This is a full-time job for folks, and... And maybe one of the drawbacks is is that I think folks treat it like a job, you know, rather than uh, an elected position. So, yeah. I, you know, kind of like once you become elected county commissioner, that becomes your job. And then I think folks are running for those positions as if they're running for their job rather than running to serve the public or, or serve the community. So that can can get problematic. But, you know, I've, mm -hmm. I, was on a, I was on a trip in December with some friends, and they were from other states, and we were obviously – talking about politics. What do you do when you're with your friends? Yeah, of course, of course. And we were talking about elected officials in Ohio, and I kind of was talking about county commissioners and kind of illustrating to them the general salaries of folks in Ohio that are county commissioners. Yeah. And those folks were immediately going to run, come to Ohio and run for county commissioners. Right. Because yeah. in other states, like we said earlier, those officials, they get basically a stipend, which mm -hmm. is three or $4,000. They also have a job, and they're also the county commissioner, whereas here it's it's much more structured in a full-time job type of arrangement. And so yeah. their eyes bugged out of their head when I told them. When we kind of looked up what you could make as a county commissioner in Ohio, they were shocked. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it, so it, let's, let's dive lot. into that yeah, a little a bit lot. more so don't leave people hanging. Here in Washington <laughs> County, and we gave you the stats in Washington County in the episode one, um, it's like 80 grand a year, isn't it? Yeah, it's in the it's in the seventies, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's our median income per household in the county is what forty thousand. Yeah, yeah. So to be a commissioner, you're taking home twice that. Sure, it pays to be in government. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're you know, and they're and they're tough jobs. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they're not hard. I mean, it's a yeah. great it's a great salary, and and they earn it. But it's it's um, it's hard, and I, it's 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 also important to say I think all of these positions are really focal points in our community, right? So when you're a county commissioner, or you're a mayor, or, or even a township trustee, you know, we really hold those folks in regard. They're they seem to be kind of a focal point of our attention. Yeah. Um. So it. It's it's more than just a job. It's it's very interesting to watch. I don't know. I mean, what's your experience and you've, since you've been back, Jared, to kind of see how folks operate and how we hold those folks in our communities? I just think it's really interesting. And it's a cultural. I think it's a cultural thing as well. Yeah, yeah. you're smiling. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, there are. Um, I would say. I guess I don't know. I can't. I don't know enough to really, really comment. Um, Certainly with, you know, having the Port Authority, you know, here um, inside of Inkswell, you know, an arm's length away um, and being a part of, you know, uh, some opportunities working with the Port Authority. Sure. You know, that you know gets basically funded by the county commissioners. Yes. Um, I, I don't have any, I don't have a negative sure. takeaway of it, but... I don't know. I would also probably say, you know, going back to when I was here in 2002, 2000, yeah, I guess 2002 is what, no, 2003 was the last year. Like, what's changed? Yeah. I, I don't, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I mean, industrial sites, not really. I mean, sure. when I was here first, AEP was still, still running. It's demolished now. Um, I just, there's not, I don't know. I don't know what, what yeah. they do. So I, I, I think my take from being back for the last four some years is I don't see a lot. I think, I think there, I'm not going to say anything bad. I think there's a lot of good. I think internally there's a lot of things that sure. we probably as a public don't know that they've, sure. you know, are constantly working on, but I don't ever feel like I ever see at least here anything uplifting i don't know if it's just a lack of almost like a um informational officer here sure. or you know the public outreach in terms of anything good it just seems like there's tension sure. between county and other other parts of uh, municipal groups here in our and in anything our, i mean i area. guess what so I, to, to go on that if i have had exposure to the commissioners it's usually those folks being in opposition speaking out at a public meeting or something like that. Um, you know, we, we talked about land banks. Um, that was, you know, I was referencing in that episode, a, a County commissioner, you know, who was talking to the paper about, you know, basically why would you want riverfront property because it floods, you know, don't try to invest there. Um, you know, we had a, a Butler street, issue for those out outside of the realms of Marietta. Um, <laughs> it was uh, an issue inside the city. Yeah. But well, that was council, you know, doing exactly what you're referencing in terms of, you know, yeah. speaking out against and well, and, and county uh, commissioner, a county commissioner was also very vocal true about that. Um, so yeah, I guess I would say my experience has pretty much been in opposition, but at the same time, um, I can I can think of one commissioner who's I mean just seemingly involved in everything. Mm -hmm. 
and does a and does a a really good job i think so yeah you know i don't know um i guess i don't know enough of what they do and i don't i can't tell you if that's good or bad well and i would say really of any elected official the expectations that we as community members place on them is unrealistically high and i think about someone who's on city council or someone who's a county commissioner and and to just look at the textbook i mean their their key role is to is to operate the mechanisms of whether it's county government or mm-hmm. city government right that's their job is just kind of keep that moving smoothly manage those departments manage the budget mm-hmm. what we end up doing in the community is we end up foisting to them all of our issues and dreams and hopes and everything whether that's in their realm to address those things or not yeah and then we fairly or unfairly judge their ability their, you know whether or not we like or we reelect that person on uh, their ability to do those things that are probably not even in their bailiwick or in their wheelhouse or probably not even relevant mm-hmm. to the position that they hold. Yeah. And so it's already hard to, to just do the base part of the, the management, the business management part. And I think the reason we're talking about this so much is because they're compensated much higher you know, here locally than, I mean, they're 20 maybe 30 grand above what a mayor sure. is they're 20 grand above what the law director is for the for the county seat right these aren't you know this is a bigger city yeah and i mean they they command a lot of salary so if their job is just to sit here and basically you know pull the strings of all these other folks who are paid yeah. to do this you know i i just i don't know well, I I I think I have an I have a hard time just with people's perspective, like what Brett's mentioning is just that you know you our council, for example, is the legislative authority. You know they are there to enact policy um, for uh, for the city, but they go may go into it not really understanding policy or sure. how to establish policy or what's the best policy, and you know I think they do a very good job trying to be proactive as much as they can to facilitate policy, but they have to lean on somebody. Sure. What, you know, and that has to come from the admin side of, of the city. So people out there as voters, you know, you vote for council, you vote, you put all your expectations into these people, but you know, you, sh- you should be putting them into your mayor. You should be asking who they're going to appoint, who's going to fill these jobs, you sure. know, What's their background? What are they doing? You know, that's because day in and day out, they're, you know, council, yes, they're entrenched with everything that's going on, but they're not there. They're not in the city building from nine to five, most often than not. You know, they are just learning stuff from hearing from either admin or from their. Who are we talking about right now? We're talking about council now? Uh, I'm talking about council now. Okay. I think, I think. Let's move to council. (laughs) Good segue. I, I think the same still goes for any elected official, but you're not, you know, you. We put these, and I guess what I'm trying to say is we put these strong expectations on them and, um, you know, they're going to be, there's going to be limitations for them. And yeah. even, even if they go into that one thing that Brett mentioned, you know, that's not going to happen right away. And that's just, and that could be a very small thing compared to bigger issues that they learn once they actually get in there. Well, and I also, and I, I want to go back to what Jared's saying, and I think the salary piece is important, but I mean, I think there's a lot of me that hates the feeling that like we're judging somebody based on their salary because, you know, 
I don't know Sam's salary and I don't know Jared's mm-hmm. salary. And so I don't, I, I don't really, I can't judge you based on what you do based on your salary. So that's yeah. another challenge of being in offices. All that's public and people know, yeah. and they're going to do the same things that we're doing. So I, but sure. I agree with you that I think people do that. And I think for some reason we just immediately take that consideration of salary because we know, and we look at what you do, and we make the judgment of whether or not you're earning that salary. Yeah, and that's, I mean, tu- and that's I, tough. I mean, that's a tough position to be in. Yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that's part of the gig? Is that, that's, yeah, that's yeah. that's part of the gig. That's how the private sector is evaluated. You you have people you know who are running publicly traded companies, and their salaries are, and their their compensations are are public knowledge to people who own that that stock. And guess what? I'm, if you make a ton of money, the expectations are high. I mean, that's you're placing value on someone sure. and what they're going to do by compensating them well. I'll use a because I miss college football. I'm going to use a college football <laughs> analogy. You know, people give Jim Harbaugh, the coach of of Michigan, a a tough time. Why? Because he's compensated in the top three coaches in college football, mm-hmm. but that he doesn't produce sure. at that level. That's a, that's a knock on him. And people say, why would you pay this guy this much? He's, right. he's not producing at that level that you want him to be at. And again, it happens all the time in the, in the private sector. If, if employees knew what their bosses made, they'd be like, well, what value is, you know, there's no way he's bringing, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. six, eight, 10 times more value than what I'm bringing sure. to this, this company. So I think it's perfectly fair to, you know, if somebody's being compensated well, the expectations are higher. If you're not compensated as much, the expectations are lower, right? You're willing to, you know, for lack of a better term, put up with stuff Sure. Mm-hmm. if they're not being compensated as high. Right. Because quite frankly, you know, if you cut those salaries in half, I could technically double my workforce. Sure. Now, each of them could have an administrative assistant, you know, or somebody that's of you know more than an administrative assistant so now you got more hands Mm -hmm. um you know more manpower doing work and so there's there's definitely a a trade-off and i i think it's okay that's just me and my 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 views do we want to get into city council members i think it's a good yeah that's a good one yeah obviously i talked on that on that just a little bit Um, and those are those i would equate to part-time positions based on the yes. salaries that we're yeah talking about for those folks and and you know this is i think more often than not other than maybe like a big metropolitan area you know the stipend of you know six grand to ten grand you know maybe a little bit more um but i think and yeah the state of ohio you have uh, i think at least seven um you got to have four wards and uh three at larges um the city of marietta is two-year term uh, in terms of council which I have a take on that, which I don't think is enough time um, at all because you spend Agreed. one year learning, you spend a second year re- running for re-election. Sure. So again, to the to your value that you're trying to then uh, instill across the public and, and what you provided is based off one year. You know, that's, so I feel like, I, I like to see the rates of being re-elected yeah. um, because most people will be like, yeah, well, you only had a year. <laughs> I'll give you two more. Why not? You know, like yeah. it's just yeah. kind of a waste in my, in, in, in my opinion, I don't, I don't, I don't care for that, but 
uh, I think a lot of it too, obviously in the number based on population, but um, they are the legislative authority. So we're talking policy. We're talking, you know, just like a board of commissioners. It's, it's when policy is going to be enacted. These are the people who are drafting it. And this, right. this position, the city council or village council is an interesting one to me. I look each election cycle, I look at the specifically at villages in the, in the Southeastern Ohio, how many of these village council seats go unfilled? Yeah. A significant number where nobody runs. Um, and so they're, le- you know, the folks that are there are left to, you know, the, the, the mayor or the parties that have the other positions they appoint you know folks mm-hmm. into those positions but you'd be shocked at how many of those seats go wow. un- unfilled in very small communities mm-hmm. and to sam's point um i think we we've had a, we've had an excellent um run here in marietta of different folks on council over the last it's it's been a good mix and that's and i think that's good for keeping the conversation lively in yeah. what we're doing but i can think of a lot of those very small communities where uh, you know, village council is like a life sentence, right? <laughs> you know, you get on village council and, and like I'm saying, there aren't a lot of other people that want to do that for yeah. all the reasons that we're just outlining yeah. and yeah. those seats go unfilled. So that, that's, that, this one is a real interesting one. And I think it's also maybe the most accessible. I mean, I would say, you know, the folks that are listening to this, I would be shocked if you've never even entertained the thought of maybe I'll be on city council or maybe yeah. I'll be on village council. I mean, to me, it's the kind of, if there's an entry level political position, in the pantheon yeah. of positions, it's probably that. Yeah. Well, especially when we're talking about Royal America, because then I feel like if we go down one more to a township trustee. Sure. It's on the to, list. To, to me, to me, right there is just someone who clears a road, like paves the road sure. for snow. You know, it's yeah. strictly maintenance to make sure that everybody out there in these Royal townships and these counties are getting to work in the morning, sure. you know, during the bad season. So sure. the, those ones are always interesting just sure. to know exactly what they do. But yeah. I agree. It is. It's almost like the first, the first, the first step to, to your public service career. Career. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we got some more things to talk about. Is there anything else we want to talk about on city council? Because we already jumped on it a little bit earlier. I th- I just any re- any other requirements other than living here, just being living. eighteen. Yeah, breathing. Um, okay. <laughs> Be alive. I th- I think too. And obviously, th- we joke about that, but I definitely want people to advocate that. You know, you just like any election, anybody you're voting for. You know, it's it's good to know what they're what what they like. You know, what what they're advocating for, why they're even doing it. I think what I I understand why villages appoint people. You know, I hate hearing cities that you know maybe someone's moving, they're they have to resign from their post and the party gets to just appoint whoever, you know, into, into that role for the time being. I, and that's a whole other episode. We talk about political parties, but you know, that to me, that's unfortunate for democracy when that, when that stuff happens, because I can recall an instant where I felt like someone recently knew they're leaving, but when they, you know, it's like kind of like, well, I, I can definitely get the seat and I'll leave and, We'll put you in there, you know, I, mm. and that, 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 so they were gaming it. Okay. Yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. They were gaming, mm. they were gaming to put some Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> well, um, and I've seen some instances, Sam, to your point, I've seen some instances of not really at city council level, but at the county commissioner level where somebody will move from, let's say a larger community and live in the, in one of our communities for the absolute bare minimum amount of time and then immediately run for county commissioner. Mm. 
and maybe they were a county commissioner or, an, or held a position in another office, and that immediately gets the, the suspicion of, of folks up. And I think that says a lot about who our candidates typically are and how we view them and, and how we interact with them. So that's interesting. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think, again, the, in many cases, these are jobs, and, mm-hmm. and people treat them like jobs. I'm going to go from this job to that job. And I guess that's okay, but it's yeah. important to recognize that people treat it like that. And, and maybe there is the valor. I don't know what the right word is yeah. that we would like to have the honor yeah. uh, that kind of goes into it. It's like anything else. And so, you know, folks are going job to job just like you would in mm-hmm. the private sector. So mm-hmm. yeah, people do definitely game it for sure. Um, let's, let's hit up township clerk and township trustee before we go into running, actually running for office. Running. So basically at least township trustees, you know, they're, they're, they're enforcing regulations for the local police sanitation or any really like public service. Um, they cannot enact any taxes that aren't authorized by state law. Sometimes there's an administrator who works under the board of trustees, um, probably just strictly running meetings and doing, you know, day to day. Um, I don't live in the city of Marietta for those out there. Um, I live in uh, a little area called Devola, uh, just north of Marietta and, uh, and our, you know, we have zoning there, so that's facilitated through from the, you know, from the, from the actual trustees. So, so, so let me ask you this, Sam, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since you live in a township and, mm-hmm. and we live in the city here, do you, mm-hmm. as residents, do you, do you look at the township trustees in the way that we look at city council? I mean, do you interact with them in the same ways? Do you ask them right. the same questions? I'm curious. And probably not. I couldn't tell you who they all, all of them are. I can tell you who most of the people are at least on the zoning board just from sure. just from looking into it um but one i'd say one one of them mainly i deal with on another board that i sit on um and who i i've known for a long time so uh, but no uh i've had complaints about my neighbor's front yard you know it's how overgrown it is but yep. uh, i've reached out but when you get outside of a city that in this little suburb that I live in, there's not much other than that. That's an yep. issue, you know, right. of course, Devola, if you Google Devola, city of Marietta, Washington County, it's a whole and sewer, uh, <laughs> you know, you're going to find a bunch of stuff in there. So that is, that's probably the most uh, mm-hmm. current thing going on. But in terms of re- in terms of actual problems or resources, it's not, yeah. it's not a everyday problem. Um, so no, well, and I also think, what, like we were saying earlier, you talk about long-term. Typically, again, in my experience, a township trustee, if you're a township trustee, typically they'll be a trustee for a long time. You know, yeah. Yeah. You've got a core set of folks that are experienced or suited to do that, and they seem to hold those positions for a long time. And I also yeah. think it's because, like you're saying, Sam, that's there's a lower population to draw from. There's mm-hmm. less folks who are willing to do it. I mean, you need to have them. Yeah. And I think township trustee is another one where sometimes you see a vacancy and, yeah. and they, those positions go unfilled. So again, well, shout out to those people that decide to do yeah. it. I mean, it's, when I, it's tough. I would not want to do it to be at the beacon call to move, you know, or plow this to go out there and plow snow sure. or, hear the you know hey tree fell down cram across the street you know you're not going to see me out there first of all i don't have anything to even <laughs> move that but i but i think they have power i think in uh some episodes here coming up when we talk about things i i like to i don't know if trustees are, are going after projects you know i don't there's 
involvement with TIFs or CIDs that, you know, they get involved with, but how much is, is actually being done in the state in that regard? Sure. Cause that's, that would be what I would be more interested in doing is how we can do stuff like that versus just plowing snow. Well, sure. So. I'll give you a perfect example. So at my day job, you know, we're working on a lot of projects and one of those is helping communities access uh, CARES Act recovery funds that have come to the state of Ohio and the state is allocating those to governments, you know, down, down through the system. So to counties, to townships, to villages. And I've seen some, some listing information about who's accessing those funds and far and away townships really are not. Yeah. And part of it is because they don't, and this is, these are all legitimate concerns. Part of it is they don't want to deal with the red tape of what, Mm -hmm. I mean, these are federal dollars, so they Mm -hmm. don't want to deal with all that because like you're saying, Sam, they've got a limited administrative capacity. They don't have a lot of staff. I mean, it, it may be just them. Yeah. They're a part-time farmer. They're a part-time school bus driver, and they're also supposed to understand how these federal funds work. I mean, that's you know. Yeah. So they don't. So they're not messing with it for that purpose. The other one is, as far as the coronavirus situation goes, they don't. It, it's challenging for them to visualize what's their role in the recovery. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we don't really we don't really feel like we have a role in doing a recovery service for the community. So we're not going to access these funds again. Yeah. Not it's not an issue for them. It's just it's an interesting perspective, is what I'm saying. And I think to your mm-hmm. point is they have challenges because of the nature of the, how small they are and the communities they serve. And so they, yeah. they, they tend to keep it to the let's plow. Yeah. Let's keep the trees off the road. And that's pretty much where our resources will allow us to be. Yeah. You know, so yeah. That's, that's, that's so true. It's like, how, how do we move forward uh, in our country to change the shape? You know, we put so much value on money, on education for our elected officials as the population gets higher, sure. you know, but why, why can't it be evened out? Yeah. And what can be done to change that? So trustees can have more resources at their yes. hands to, to especially Royal. I mean, I'm 10, five, 10, 10 minute drive from Marietta. You know, it's not, and people in Devola have services that are in the city of Marietta and tied to. So, you know, it's, we're not out in the boonies by any yeah. means. And so mm-hmm. to, to put that in perspective, you know, yeah. they need help. And so obviously all those trustees, all those people really are then going for their county commissioners. Sure. And what's the relationship like there between, between trustees and even county commissioners as you get more rural, which would sure. be, could be challenging. Yep. Yeah. So I, if I, if I put my township trustee hat on, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, listen, Jack, I get five grand a year to do this post yeah. and you got a county commissioner making 80. I'm not going to be running your econ dev projects. I'm sure. not going to be yeah. filing for federal paperwork. That's literally above my pay grade. I'm not, I don't, it's not worth my time to do that. Yeah. It's worth my time to do these other things. Yeah. So again, hearkening back with, more money comes more expectations. Yeah. You know, heavy lies the crown. Sounds like a, sounds like a song. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, you know, the expectation is not there. Yeah. If they were compensated more, the public would have a higher expectation of them. Sure. But I certainly, I mean, to make a third of what a council member makes. Yeah. And to cover an area that's 10 times as large, 10 times as large True. when you're getting up at, I mean, I'm sure in, in the winter months, you know, 3 a.m. to throw cinders on a, a back township road to make sure a bus can get through without throwing chains on the tires. I mean, yeah, that's that's not a job I want. Well, and it, for 
Certainly five grand a year. No, thank you. And it yeah. create and it creates Jared to your point, And I, I want to get your take on this. I think it, it creates almost a classism mm-hmm. amongst people who can actually do these jobs. And I'm talking about be yeah. a, you know, if it's not a full-time job, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So if it's a part-time council, part-time mayor commissioner, that's not a full-time compensated job or trustee, you know, there are only certain groups of people out there who can afford to do that. Right. Yep. So people that already have resources, maybe they're retired, maybe they're, I don't want to say wealthy, but you know, they have means mm-hmm. and they, they don't need this position to, to exist. Um, and if you don't have any of those things, it makes it really hard to be a single mom or be a school teacher and also be on city council and also, or be a trustee or whatever. So it's, it kind of lends itself to there's already in place by the nature, only certain types of folks who typically can do it. Yeah. Not, not by regulation, just by the regulation of reality. I just made that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, so it's already, I mean, the positions are already hard. That yeah. sounds like a band name. Yeah. I have the songs, you have the band name. Yes, I have a notebook of band names. <laughs> I'm going to put that in there before we get done. Um, but I'm, what I'm not sa- singing. Yeah, Sam doesn't have to sing if he doesn't want to. So it's already hard. You know, it's hard. So um, just the nature of it makes lends itself to a certain type and class of people who can run mm-hmm. and hold these positions. And I think that limits our pool of folks down so far. Yeah. And that's especially in small towns. Like yes. This. Yeah. Yes. And that's really challenging to overcome. I would agree. Yep. I, I mean, I don't have any <laughs> thing to say against that. That's absolutely uh, correct. I would say that it doesn't change if somebody wants to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if somebody really wants to do something, they're going to go do it. Well, um, to what you were saying about trustee in terms of dollar value and like not, you know, compared to, you know, the econ kind of perspective of that. I would go into it wanting to do that, but I know I'm not the majority, sure. you know, in that. So mm. it, uh, how long would I want to do that for based on that conversation and how much it actually took up my time? You know, I'd have to start then myself weighing that, like, is this worth it? You know, am I sure. getting something out of this that's fruitful? And honestly, the next thing would be, well, I don't want to run for trustee. I want to move up, you know? Yes. I think, but again, some people go into the trustee either. They say, Hey, you know, you, we got nobody else. We need somebody or, you have the time. Here's what we need you to do. And I can do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into last topic of running for office. Talk to me about, you know, what are requirements, signatures, petitions, you know, campaigns, which can, can't do that sort of thing. Yeah. And we're talking here, at least in the local office of Ohio. Yes. That's what we're going to be. Kind of going to be on. very similar. It's got, yeah. I mean, across the board. Yeah, there. I mean, I, I can just give you the five-second summary, but pretty much every position starts with some type of petition. Yeah. Right? So you're going to mm-hmm. petition for signatures of registered voters in the area that you want to hold this office. Um, once you complete that petition, you know, you're going to submit that to your board of elections. Within a certain time, there may be, there are fees. Yeah. Um, and... There are some other disclosures and stuff that you have to do around ethics, but mm. but really that's I mean that's it really they all start commissioner, mayor, mm-hmm. township trustee, city council they all kind of start with a petition of voters, submission yep. of that to the board of election, and then fees and ethics. That's yeah. that's kind of finance the, what report. they all do, right? Yeah. yeah. Be- Sam's got the research. Did I miss that? No, <laughs> I freestyled good. that. It's it's good. Um, I think well, let's hear the requirement for uh, candidates that file campaign finance reports may be waived. Um, you know, if the, if the salary for the mayor is less than 5,000, um, 
if total campaign contributions are less than two thousand, um, no donor contributed more than a hundred bucks, and uh, total campaign spending was less than two thousand. So, you know that. I don't know how often that probably happens other than very probably trustee you know, trust down to the trustee level of not sure. having, you know, to go through a lot of, I guess, red tape of uh, filing for these uh, positions. But I mean, that's, that's, those are small numbers. So, you know, you're talking probably every really city uh, of more than five to 10,000 people. I guess, and, and counties of, of, of the same nature that, you know, that they're, you can get on there, you can figure out who's contrib who's contributing, who's, how much they're spending. Yeah. Uh, you know, but the, that's information that not most people want to look up, you know, but you could, you could easily find out what, how active I guess they are in their campaign by, by how much they're spending from how much they're getting. I'm always surprised. And I've had, I've had folks tell me that, and I don't know the numbers, but I've always had folks tell me that I would be shocked to know how much it actually costs to run an effective, you know, city council campaign in a place like Marietta. I would, yeah. I would be shocked at, at that number. I guarantee it's way higher than what it needs to be. That's what has been intimated to me in the past. I don't, again, I don't know. I've never run. I don't really know, but I've heard that in the past. But, and as I look at these numbers, I think I can think of many communities where certainly total campaign spending could be less than $2,000 and you could probably be very effective and win, Yeah, you know? And so I don't know that there's somebody out there, you know, devil's advocate. I don't know there's somebody out there that would try to keep it under that because they didn't want to disclose ethically the, the yeah. campaign <laughs> financing because yeah. that's not very much, but I'm glad that the limits are low because, um, that keeps it honest. I think that keeps it a little more honest. I, so. think, I mm -hmm. think so too. But yeah, but to, the, to your point, Jared, I don't know what the number is, but I've always heard that it's higher than we might expect. I, I mean, I, the, the number that was used for just the school levy. Oh, in year. that campaign? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. Let's go. Let's, uh, let's move is, on. Is, is, is that a low number? Or no, it was or a very, very high number. I thought it was well, extremely well, I, high for, but, for what it was. But, yeah. let's, but let's go into but that. But again, for... I'm marketing. I'm, I'm bringing private sector like thought process here. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to get this idea and this thing in front of people's faces. Sure. And you know what's in front of people's faces all day, every day? Their phones. Yes. The computer. Like... Well, it, for very, 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 very cheap amount of money, you could you could reach everybody in the county, sure, mm -hmm. for less money than what they spent. Well, and that's me. I mean that's interesting though. I mean, let's go into that for a second. I mean, think about when you're when you're doing an issue campaign, as as opposed to if you're just in a fit, you know, a candidate for an office. Yeah, the issue campaign is all about visibility. I mean, it's the only thing there is. There's nothing else. I mean, you know, that's the only thing. So mm -hmm. the, the marketing, the advertising, whatever you want to do, like that's the only expense. And I would argue, maybe this is my second devil's advocate, there's probably um, data out there that shows there's a vector between what you spend and the rate of success. Probably. As Whereas I don't think that's, I don't think that's true if you're running as a candidate for office and what you spend being as high of a vector of success. I mean, I think there are folks out there that spend little to nothing mm -hmm. and are very successful, have a high rate of success. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I, as far as like an issue goes, like a school levy yeah. or something or any kind of tax issue, I think 
you have to spend to get the visibility because there's nothing there is nothing else that I can think of. I mean, well, but I'm with you. It's a it's a high number. Well, that's that's true too in the regard that. Some, how do we some, get invisibility for this podcast? Say that again. How are we getting visibility for this podcast? Facebook. Facebook. It's and it is unbelievably cheap. Yeah. To do. Yeah. You can reach your exact target demographic. Yeah. You can put this quote unquote issue. I mean, our the the thing that comes in front of people, it says, Do you care about your, your hometown, your your small town? Like and it's just prompt and of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're we're reaching out to people who care about those things. Yeah. So of course they say, Yeah, I wanna I wanna follow this. I wanna I want to listen to it. I want, you know, those sort of things. So if you, if you've got a local issue, I'm going to look for, I'm going to look for moms. You can search for moms on Facebook. I'm going to look for dads, right? Am I going to market? Am I going to spend any marketing dollars whatsoever to someone who's an empty nester? I'm not. Right. If I'm running the campaign, I'm not. Sure. Yeah. You told us the average age of this county was what? Like 37? Yeah. Yeah. There's yep, there's plenty that. of weight, air quoted weight, from a marketing perspective down on the lower end of this, from 18 to, you know, what would be parenting years of, and I would say useful parenting years, right? Yeah. So if it's going to take four to five years to build a school, then I'm probably going to put it somewhere between 18 and 50, mm-hmm. right? And th- that's going to be my, I'm not going to, market to anybody outside of that and they'll be like well why didn't i hear about that issue you know what you know because if you're going to vote for it outside of the age of 50 then you're going to vote for it you don't need to be told to vote for it you think it you think good schools are a good idea right if not you think i don't want my taxes to go up i don't care if it's you know fractions of a penny i don't want them to go up so it's it's a i think it's a misnomer i think people are running campaigns as if it were 1975 and we gotta you know put door hangers on on people's front door and you know stuff mailboxes and stuff like that it's to do something to get the majority that you would need for that measure to pass i just sorry i I don't i'm not in that camp and i thought it i thought it could have done i thought it could have been handled better in that specific instance. Um, and I was for it, man. I wanted it to work. Sure. But I, I unfortunate. Think, I think to Brett's point and, and, you know, an issue based election versus an elected official. Well, sometimes there's no one running against anybody. Sure. And some seats. So you don't have to spend a dime yeah. if you make it through the primary because you're the sure. only Republican or other Democrat and no one's you're either the person's there not rerunning or you're running for reelection and no one's opposing you. So you're golden, you know, you're, you got, you got the clear, clear path, but an issue based election, I think, and even to your has to be very interactive. I mean, I think, you know, even technology now using those marketing dollars, that's going to get it right in their faces, but issue based, you have to, you you have to really go over up and down what the issue is, what you're trying to fix what it really means and educate. And I think that, and I, I would agree with you. I'd rather see a, it in my face so I can learn more, but also have opportunities where I can go out and learn more 
because the common person's not going to just actively probably do it. And no, this is you all- want to prompt them to make an action when they're on the social media channel, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Yeah. You want to prompt them to go somewhere. Oh, I yeah. see this ad. This makes me want to do something. I'm going to click on it. And then I go to this place that I clicked on. Maybe it's a Facebook page. Yeah. And then from there, I have all the information. Yeah. And Facebook is free to create an account. So I can put all my, I don't need, all right, frankly, I don't need a giant website yeah. for this, a, a single website for that. I, it's not needed. I, th- I think and you you will spend large, large amounts of marketing dollars just yeah. creating the website. Yeah. I I think I think we then get into issues. You know, you need to know what your you need to know your audience and how you, how you can reach them. I think if your audience is a little bit lesser of the age, if we're trying to target thirty seven, you know, in that meeting, we have to make sure the turnout even too is going to happen. You know, that's a whole other episode that we, I think, want to get to at one point is really the election turnout. Who actually votes for what in your city? I could tell you city of Marietta has 14, what, 14, 15,000 people. And we had a bond issue about a year or so ago. And I think it had three or 4,000 votes yeah. total. Yep. It mm-hmm. passed, but just total. So that's phenomenal that an issue that was going to raise your income tax a little bit, you know, had little to no turnout whatsoever. Um, I'm looking at the time. This is 50 some odd minutes. Um, so we're going to wind it down. Anything else you guys want to, you want to say on this? Um, being an elected official is thankless and it's hard. And so we're not minimizing it. I mean, respect to the people that even think about that, even think about doing it. So, um, and we would encourage, you know, more people, if you're thinking about it, do it, get out there. It's worth it. Yeah. But also understand it's hard. So respect to those folks that, that take the, put themselves out there. Absolutely. It's definitely yeah. a two-sided coin. You know, yeah. we, we want people to uh, question, you know, who, who they elect and who, who sits in these positions is why we're kind of looking into it, which is a little bit more than just obviously you breathe and you live and, and where you live. But um, at the same time, definitely go, I mean, go for it. If you think you can make change, kind of, it's good to go into it knowing that it's not going to be easy. Um, but if you are out there and you think you could do a better job, do it and go for it. All right. So I got, I got one last thing before we close this out. Um, Brett, you and I had talked a while back. Um, I don't know if like you had kicked around, you know, a couple of years ago or something, you know, possibly running for mayor or something. Right. And you talked to someone here locally yep. and they asked you a question can you kind of go into that and then tell me, confirm for myself and everyone else that a mayor's got absolutely no role sure. in that whatsoever. And then I wanted to kind of talk about that mentality. Well, of- I will. And I think it goes back to, I think on like episode one, sentence one, you were saying something about like, you know, national issues kind of consume our local mindset. Yeah. So I think this is a good example of that. So like you said, I was kicking around running for an elected position and there was somebody that I wanted to get their feedback from. And I said, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about running for this position. What do you think about that? And this person looked right at me and said, well, how do you feel about abortion? And I said, I'm honestly not sure how that impacts the effective management of our city. (laughs) 
Okay, okay. Well, how do you feel about gun control? Well, I'm also unsure exactly how that impacts, you know, effectively operating and managing our city. And this person just looked square at me and said, well, until I know where you're at on those issues, I don't know if I'd be able to support you as a candidate or not. And I just was like, okay then. And it was a real eye-opening moment for me because I was focused much more on the nitty-gritty parts of how do we move the the city forward? How do we do have better operations? I never was really thinking about those things and how those issues would interact there. And quite honestly, I don't know. I still don't know the answer to how those mm-hmm. impact the operation of a local government. So, but I think it's important to know. I think these are the questions that I think our electorate are asking when they're looking at yeah. local officials, whether it's related or, or, or not. So it was an interesting conversation. Yeah. yeah. So to confirm <laughs> this position, whether it be council or whether it be mayor, they've got no stake in those types of issues. I could maybe I could maybe visualize your feeling about maybe the gun control maybe coming into how you would manage the police department maybe. Yeah. But I don't know any police departments out there that are the non-firearm police departments, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, you know, I just, yeah. so I think those are, those, both of those things in particular are matters that are settled by policy at the state and federal level. And I don't really, I can't visualize a local impact yeah. on trying to, you know, modify those policies. I mean, you can't, you have to do what the existing law is, yeah. even in a home rule community. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know how, but I, but it's important because I think that showed me where people's mindsets are. That's crazy. <laughs> it's, that is a perfect segue, I think, into every topic that we... We should just have this as an intro to, to every topic we talk about. Is why are people asking those questions sure. and not different questions? Yeah. Especially at the local level. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, if you'd like more info or to send hate mail, check us out at support <laughs> at mytownhustle.com. Uh, if you got questions or feedbacks, uh, you know, also throw those in there, mm-hmm. uh, hit us up on our Facebook page, etc. Um, if you have not yet, uh, we would really appreciate a five-star review, uh, Apple podcasts or, uh, Spotify, wherever you're consuming them, uh, that helps us you know, get exposure to advance our mission here. But until next time, see you then. Thank you for listening to My Town Hustle. We would greatly appreciate it if you would share our podcast with someone who you think would benefit greatly from it. But most importantly, subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever platform you consume your podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Until next time, folks, thanks for listening. 